0: Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Your Pearls. This is the podcast brought to you by Kalea Taylor, and I am your host, Kalea. I'm coming to you live straight from Accra, Ghana, West Africa, for those of you who are not sure where Ghana is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. If you're new here, you better get ready to Clutch Your Pearls, baby. Have a drink in hand, have a notepad and a pen, or get your computer out and start typing because I be spitting knowledge and y'all need to be getting ready. Okay, so in this episode of Clutch Your Pearls, we're going to be talking about that bride game. That African bride game is real, y'all. It is real, real. Like, woo, baby, honey. Yes, corruption is everywhere. Absolutely. But I ain't really nothing much like what pops off here in Ghana. It is extraordinary what people get away with here, not just in Ghana, but in West Africa in general. It is, (laughs) sometimes you just sit there and be like, one, how are you not in jail? And two, how does a country develop if a few people are going to pocket all the money that is meant to fix the roads, (laughs) for instance? Are meant to go towards schooling and and make the school buildings, you know, presentable. Get students' desks and chairs so that they can sit down on something and not be sitting on the ground. You know, those things really do happen. And yes, for those of you who are not aware, Ghana is not just Accra. Accra is the capital city in Ghana, but there's so much more to Ghana outside of Accra. So, as you know, for those of you listening to me, those of you watching me already know, and those of you who watch my YouTube channel know, I do tend to take a drink or two. So I have that in my little cup here, so you guys might hear my glass clanking, the ice the ice clicking, <laughs> for those of you who can't see. Uh, but this is my little drink here, and my little uh, sipping glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, honey. So when we're talking about the bribe game, though, in this particular episode, I'm going to go into all the different ways you can be bribed. And there's so many, not you can be bribed, but people expect a little something, something, right? So I should say all the different ways in which bribery can occur and does occur here all the time. Um, I'm going to talk about <laughs> the banking system. In particular, the banking system when it comes to business, but also how people bank here, the, let's say, upper middle class, to put it that way, and how extraordinarily bizarre it is for those of us coming out of the West, um, especially when we are so used to only dealing with our own currency. Most of my examples, as you know, will be examples from the States because, well, you know, I'm an American, but I have spent some time in Germany, so there's some things that I know about from that perspective as well, especially considering that I I was doing business there, right? So, (sighs) there's so much, guys. There's so much. We're not going to be able to get through all of it in a episode, but... We are definitely going to hit on the pain points and talk about them. I think what's important to understand is that Ghana and Singapore, the countries, got their independence basically at the exact same time. And when I say their independence, that means their independence from colonial rule. Singapore went on a path of In order for us to compete with the big boys and make sure our people don't starve because we're an island nation with absolutely no resources, we're going to have to figure out how to take what we do have, which is this beautiful island, and make it attractive for foreigners to come and invest and live. Not only that, we have to make sure everything that we do benefits our country first before it benefits our individual pockets. Then they figured out, well, this tech game is serious business. So it's the 90s, early 2000s. We better switch up how we're doing things if we want to remain in the game and stay competitive and be able to continue to build up our nation for our people. Today, Singapore is one of the most expensive places you can live. Number one. Number two, folks with crazy, serious million dollar money, billion dollar money, be all up in Singapore while at the same time helping the economy of Singapore. Singapore has cool infrastructure, super modern. (laughs) It's like, you know, there's no difference from going from the West to there at all because you have everything that you're used to having and more. Ghana, on the other hand, instead of Taking the independence and building upon the foundation that Kwame Nkrumah started and the founding forefathers started for the country, instead of going with making our own products, because there were tire manufacturers here, they were being able to refine their oil here. They were making aluminum manufacturing here. There was lots of different manufacturings, like rubber, like the rubber for the erasers. Rubber, rubber grows here in Ghana. Remember, those of you who don't know, rubber comes from trees. The rubber tree. You know, it's a rubber tree, right? So, <laughs> you know, during that era, they were capitalizing on all the things that the colonizers valued because it helped to build up stuff here. They moved the capital from Cape Coast to Accra, were building out along the coastline all the way down to Tema, created the port, did all of this stuff that was a foundation that should have been built on. However, Oh, my people, my black people, my black people, my black people. Don't matter where we are. The envy, jealousy, and greed takes over and we all lose. Instead of Ghana going in a perpetual way of wealth and being able to be foundationally strong, greed and corruption took over. Those in charge kept finding ways to keep money kept finding ways to get money and not reinvesting that money and putting that money back into the country, back into the communities, back into the people. Now, yes, some of you will say, oh, no. Those white people were up in there doing this, doing that. Those colonial masters made sure that they had their hands on all the natural resources. They had them in all these kind of crazy contracts to get a hold of their gold and their natural resources that are in Ghana. Because Ghana has every natural resource there is. Diamonds, everything comes out of here. Okay, like yo, I understand that and I feel you on that. But at the same time, even with hardships, there should still be a way to continue to grow the country so that at least at minimum, the people are educated. It's not until now, until what, 2017, 2018, so when I say now, I even mean more recently, that high school, high school, and for them, high school is only three years. So the high school level, let's say the 10th, 11th, 12th grade, the last three years of senior high school, It's free at the public school level here now in Ghana. What century are we in for that to finally be free? Education across the board should be free. You know why? Because when you educate your people and your people are literate, your people are well-read, your people understand how other cultures, other people act, and your people truly know their history. You you hear me? Okay, let me see. Repeat that again for those of y'all in the back. When people know their history, they do not repeat the same stupid shit. All you see is a repetition in Africa of history being repeated because folks don't know their history and they worship a white God. And they see all white people as gods. And yes, I said it. It's true. Now you're going to say, well, what does this have to do with bribery and corruption and the bribe game in Africa? It has everything to do with the bribe game in Africa because <laughs> folks are so busy and you know i'm not calling nobody by name i'm not a politician but folks be so busy trying to make sure they are an mp trying to make sure that they are a minister which is a separate thing than an mp it's like a, over a department or over an organization like the for those of you in the space think of it like a secretary of education right you're over a, a, a large entity a large body uh that runs something in the government, right? The bride game here is so so batshit crazy. And the nepotism that accompanies the bride game, because the bride game is not by itself. The bride game has a so has a sister. And the sister is nepotism. So nepotism, <laughs> nepotism, the bride game are basically twin sisters, okay? For sure, for sure. That's how things work here. And it makes it hard to do business, it makes it frustrating to do business, but it also makes it opportune to do business. Yes, I said what everybody else may want to keep secret, but you know, only a few people will ever hear this anyway, so it doesn't really matter. At the same time, you should have your shit together and nobody should have to be saying this anyway. So, (laughs) the bribe game. Let me tell you how crazy corrupt this place is. They will say to you, "Oh, we have digitized. We have digitized the process to get your birth certificate or a death certificate." Now, mind you, this is a place where birth certificates are not given to children at birth. Most people don't even have a birth certificate. Um, but now, since there's a growing middle class, and you know, some you know, each government has different initiatives that they want to align with and do this one decided they want to go and try to digitize and streamline things. But when you talk about digitize, you're talking about you want to be able to take all your written records and have them streamlined into like a database, series of databases, access easily and quickly online and have your processes be able to be to be done online. So for instance, you can go online to register a business, which you cannot do here even though they say you can. <laughs> If you guys saw what they did with data here, you would be appalled. So that example would be like, uh, in order to register a business, you would go online, you would fill out your personal information, the business information, who is going to be part of the business, the board of directors, shareholders, your articles incorporation, all all those things you would be able to do or submit online. At least that's an idea. So here, when they say they digitize, they'll have a website, they'll even have a portal. But when the people on the other side of the portal, because it takes people in order to look at the data to figure out how are you going to assist folks or what are you going to do with that data? There's so many issues. (laughs) And and, I think one of the issues is like, okay, well, we're not even creating the portal or the software in which the country is going to use it and collect all this information about people. For instance, everyone had to get a national ID called the Ghana Card. That system is created by a foreign entity that holds onto all the data and doesn't even share any of the data with the government of Ghana, let alone with any organizations in Ghana. What? <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine Germany? Germany has got to be the strictest places on planet Earth when it comes to data. They don't play no games. Your data is your data and nobody better be playing with it or they are going to go down. Or be sued, jailed, fined, ridiculous prices, go out of business, whatever. I just couldn't even imagine German saying, Oh, yeah, let's let a foreigner come in here. <laughs> okay, so I use that German analogy to give you all a perspective on just how loosey goosey I guess you can say things are when it comes to technology here, in particular data. So so I talk about other countries and I'm comparing them to Ghana because A lot of the growth that should have happened in Ghana didn't because of greed. And greed is personified in bribery and corruption. So every single area of life here, you have to pay somebody a little bit extra. So I gave the the example of like the birth certificate. Well, when you're going to get a birth certificate and you're already an adult but didn't initially, initially have one, you provide all the documentation that's required by the government. But in order to get your stuff processed in a faster manner than 60, 90, 180 days... You're going to have to be giving a little bit of extra to whoever is working on your birth certificate or the birth certificate that you're looking for. This is the same for every single government office there is, period. Registering a business, you better believe it's going down. (laughs) Trying to get a birth certificate, death certificate, absolutely. Passport, uh uh-huh. It's going to happen there too if you want it fast. If not, you're going to wait, wait and wait. And you may or not, may or may not miss your trip and your flight. If you don't have any and you're willing to wait up to a year, then you'll be fine. Or you know somebody who's willing to get it for you and you don't have to pay them. So here, everything you do. You want to go for a contract in business and you write a, 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 a total winning proposal. Like, you got this. Like, you know that you can do this. You know that what you have to offer can blow anybody else out the park. They're not going to give it to you because they don't know you and they don't know if you're willing to give the kickback to the person who is willing to put your proposal in front of the, the, the committee that's looking at them of the minimum of like 1% going all the way up to like 10, 20% depending on the organization, right? I've had this happen to me and I would just be like, you want me to do what? <laughs> as soon as you say that, the tone changes. They act like they didn't know what they were talking about. They we made a mistake and then all of a sudden... You're out of the running for the opportunity that you have wrote the proposal for and the initiative that you're trying to do, right? So living here in Ghana, guys, when it comes to business, you're going to have to change your mindset. What you do and how you do it in the West is not necessarily going to work here. Uh, There are, you know, fundamentals in business and marketing that's going to work anywhere in the world, of course, but it's those cultural differences that aren't just like the business culture with the people. Right and the ethnic groups in which they're from, and their religious orientation. That is something you have to keep in mind when you're coming to Africa to do to business, in particular to Ghana. And so when you're here in Ghana, you can have the most religious person. Hell, this person could be a pastor, a preacher man, you know, a man of God, as they say. His godly ass is quick to be asking you for them dollars, though. And they don't ask you for CDs, baby. They be like, I straight want dollars. Dollars and cents. Uh, it's so gangster up in this. M- they the bank accounts. When you open a bank account, whether it's a business bank account or a personal bank account, you can tell them. A matter of fact, they're gonna assume, but you can you can tell them too. Do you wanna? Do you want your account in dollars? And you would be like, excuse me, oh, oh sorry, do you want them in euros? What? <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is your currency CDs. Doesn't everyone have to get their money in CDs? Oh no, honey, not in Ghana. No. Your bank account with all the banks can be set up any way you want. You can have a bank account that's receiving and uh, spitting out and being able to transfer American dollars, euros, pounds, you know, whatever. But the currency itself is in CDs. So you'd be like, oh my God. First of all, y'all set this shit up so well and so good for money laundry, it's not even funny. That's why... When you do business in Ghana and you have clients abroad and money is going back and forth, sooner or later you're going to get flagged for fraud. Or you'll get flagged for um, suspicious activity, which to me is the same thing as fraud. And it's simply because there's so much dangle on money laundering uh, and dangle on corrupt shit happening in Ghana that the organization's responsible for You know the transaction of currencies across international borders always have red flags. Banks definitely have red flags, and I'll let you guys know. Like if you are an American, so this doesn't happen to me at my Germany council. This is only American. If you're an American and you have any business coming through your personal not not your personal accounts, but any business coming through your business account or your personal account, doesn't matter. If it's over a certain amount or if they feel the uh, the deposits are larger than normal, the damn banks in the states will shut it down. Like they will pause it, lock it down and then do the you need to present yourself in person thing. Every bank does it differently, but it's all the same. Now, that brings me back to Ghana. You can definitely uh, open a bank account in Ghana. You can open a business account in Ghana. Actually, the business account in Ghana with Apsa Bank is a really good deal right now. They're doing something phenomenal. They have special banking for um, uh, female or uh, women-owned businesses, special banking for startups. Uh, it's really good. It's a, huge, it's a really, really good deal that they have going on to get more entrepreneurship going here in the country. So that's a positive. What I will say is that because the people here are so... When I say the people, I just mean people working within these financial institutions are so, like, careless and carefree with your data. And the fact that they ask for things they don't need. And I know for a fact they don't need this because I've lived in other countries. When you open an account in another country, all they want to know is your citizenship. Basically, they want your passport and they want to know, like, let's say for... um, the UK or like Germany, they want to make sure you're working uh, in, the, in the country or your employer is going to deposit your check into that account or something like that. Something to prove that you, you're working, have residency, stuff like that. You can prove that you have no problem opening an account. They don't ask you for your American Social Security number. Yeah, got it. Ever since the year of return and not during the year of return. This shit started happening right after Corona, right after lockdown. I know because I've been here and I've been going through these processes for a while now. You know, I have my accounts, but there's certain things I was not doing with these fools. Um, but they ask you for your American Social Security number. Now, the scam in here is off the <laughs> chain. So, you get your Social Security number out, you take a risk that one oh. of them will come back here and use your shit up in the States and, and go and, and, and just be like, <laughs> I'm making going to do what I do. i buying houses and cars and shit and credit cards, everything. You know how powerful credit is in the States. Credit doesn't exist here yet in Africa, but it's slowly getting here, it's slowly coming. End of the day, I personally believe that these organizations shouldn't be asking you for your social security number. Um, They'll say something like the IRS demands that we report all foreign accounts so you have to fill out a W W nine. Well, I've lived abroad. And I've lived on four continents. This is the fourth one. And I've never, ever been asked that for any of my bank accounts. And so I'm just like, nah. But I'm not playing them games. I don't give a shit if your credit is dog credit. (laughs) Like dog shit credit. Or you got elaborate rich bitch credit. Whatever. That is your holy grail of being an American Right. So hold on tight to it. But they will try and do anything here. And I just suggest you be cautious and wise. Does that mean you shouldn't do business in Ghana? No, it doesn't. Uh, Does that mean you shouldn't do baking in Ghana? No, it doesn't because I do these things. But I hold on to my let's say, uh, country of origin accounts. Let's just put it that way. I, I personally tell people all the time, don't give up. First of all, don't give up your citizenship. <laughs> but secondly, don't give up your accounts. Don't, don't, don't be so quick to part with things because these things matter because Goddannians who have means, and I mean wealth, have accounts in the U.S., have accounts in Britain, have accounts in Germany, have accounts in France, have accounts in these countries in which they have lived or done business. And they keep those accounts. They hold on to them. Why? Because they're federally insured. I know, you know, we, we may not call it federal in other parts of the world, but you know what I mean? It's, it's insured by the central bank of whatever country that is. And at some point you can and will be able to recoup your loss. Here is, that's not the case. When shit goes down, you're losing everything. And they'll say, oh, no, no, we're going to give you the money back. We're going to help you. A couple years ago, right before I came for my first visit in 2019, they had did a reform of the, I think it was in 2018 when they did it, a reform of the financial institutions here. And they were closing shit down left and right because who were running it was stealing people's money and shit anyway and doing all kind of scam shit. So they closed them down, but the regular average Ghanaian who was trying to save there, trying to take their last bit of money and be able to have a nest egg, lost everything. They're still trying to fight to get that money back. Some people went completely bankrupt, right? And that has a whole different connotation here. So I say these things to you because the bribe game comes everywhere. Try to open a bank account as an American or as a foreigner with a foreign accent and you don't have like a Ghanaian, you're, you're not connected to a Ghanaian, well, meaning that your parents aren't Ghanaian, your auntie's not Ghanaian, your husband or wife is not Ghanaian, you know, you, you are a true foreigner. They are going to be expecting you to uh, give them a little something something they have a name for it. I forget what it's called because I don't really partake in the bribing. I have a I have a problem with it. At the same time, there's certain things in which I have to do it in order to be able to move things forward. Luckily with the banking, I didn't have to do it. But yeah. these moves tried. Like they, they really they really get mo- yeah. some money out of me. Like not just they got mad because um <laughs> They got mad because I was like, I'm only going to deposit 100 CDs. I want the lowest level account y'all got. I don't want this bougie shit. I don't need all that. I just want to see what's going on. This is separate from a business account, though. I'm talking about a personal account. Business account is totally different. But they were trying to be like, oh, no, you're an American. You put a million dollars inside of this account, and you can be able, you make, you have to make $10,000 a month. I said, well, I don't want the damn account. (laughs) <laughs> Forget it. Then. I was getting so mad because the guy was trying to pressure me to say I have more income than I do. And, and I wasn't telling him my true income anyways like on a business. Um, but then the, but then saying the manager coming out saying, oh, well, we can help you, but it's going to cost you an additional this and that. Why? Where does that come from? You know, so my guy was like, he's very quiet. But when he started speaking, everything stopped. And all of a sudden, all the shit stopped. I had no more issues. What he said is what he said. It is what it is. But I was just like, did they just try to bribe? Like try to get me to bribe? Like pay them a bribe or some shit? He was like, that's exactly what they were trying to do. Guys, you just got to be careful here because every single thing you do here, people are going to want a kickback. And that's how, you know, Chicago is the home of bribe for the for, for, for Americans, right? And so I'm coming from Chicago. So I'm used to, to all this bribe nonsense, <laughs> corrupt politicians and bullshit, you know what I mean? But not this openly. This is so open and in your face and they know they will not get prosecuted for it. They know they will not get in trouble for it. So they do it. You know, and it's just kind of like, well, you know, this is the name of the game. So, you know, old heads to be like, well, this is how things work. You know, and we all had to go through it. No, we don't all have to go through it because, first of all, just let us know what's going on. And then we can decide how we want to handle it. So, for that African bride game is in every single industry, every single vertical, every single aspect of business you're going to encounter it it's up to you to decide how you want to deal with it do you want to open Pandora's box and be doing that left and right in order to get things done quickly or do you want to do basically a lot of what I do I wait it out I <laughs> just wait it out I just be like oh so this is supposed to take three weeks but it's gonna take me six months I <laughs> and I waited it out so you know It's a a different type of vibe when you do that. Um, And it's hard for us coming from the West because we're used to time frames. We're used to time frames being adhered to. We're used to consequences for actions, especially by government employees. But that is non-existent here, although they talk a great game and all this shit at like um, the Ghana Investment Promotional Center, which is hilarious, then they talk about you know all this stuff that they say in different um public media venues is nothing like real life so that African bride game y'all is not just the Ghana thing you know it's not it happens in a lot of African countries, period. I'm not gonna sit here and say what African countries it, it happens in, but I damn sure can say it happened all through West Africa. You best believe that shit. <laughs> but I'm specifically talking about Ghana because it takes a mental like refresh. It takes like a mental readjustment of yourself to be able to one start a business and maintain a business with this type of business culture, right? And, and and so this is a business culture that sits above all other business cultures and right underneath government acceptance in this fine veil, thin line of invisibility. And no one admits that they do it, but they all expect it. So when you see people moving up the ladder really fast here, understand what they're doing to get to make that happen the way they do, right? So, you know, it's just a matter of, I'm not saying people aren't working hard. I'm not saying that people aren't on their grind, but I'm telling you how things work here is definitely not like anything you've seen before, which is why I started the Black Unicorn Business Blueprint because child, the mental preparation that has to take place to navigate Understanding what actually um, matters when you're trying to do proposals, understanding how to even pitch here, and understanding how to deal with <laughs> employees. Woo, cha! Uh, that's what we cover in, in, in that program. And if you want to know more about it, just go to blackunicorn.org and click on business, and you'll find everything you need to know about the Black Unicorn Business Blueprint. The bride game here in Ghana is. The way of life, um, you know, I call it the African bribe game because it's just beyond Ghana's borders. But the 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 the, the fact that bribery and nepotism is hand in hand here makes uh, navigating uh, all about who you know, and you have to know someone, and that someone has to be connected with others, uh, especially if you're trying to roll in certain circles. Classism is something I probably will talk about in a different podcast. But classism is very real too here. And so that matters of who you're going to be rolling with and how they're going to be able to assist you get to that next level. But when you come to Ghana, you're ready to do business and you're ready to just, you know, make things happen. You better be prepared to pay more than what you originally thought you would have to for everything. From starting a business, from maintaining your business, from partnerships, from just personal things like buying land, you know, buying food at the market, you know, um, building, uh, you get an aruni tax, which is a foreigner tax, and that is just the truth of the matter. So it's not that things are impossible. It's definitely possible to do business here in Ghana. I've done it, and I think it's a great place to do business simply because there's so many opportunities. And so many things that uh, is available in the West haven't reached here. And then there's also so many things that would never even be a, uh, a, a an idea or even possible in the West that will work perfect here. So you really don't know and understand that until you're on the ground here. You're seeing things in a different way. And you know what your passion and what your ambition and what it is you really want to do is because that really comes out when you're here several things happen when you move to Africa not visiting but when you move your true personality of who you are comes full surface and if you have that ability to do entrepreneurship that will come to the surface as well and what it is that you're looking to do or have passion to do you'll find it here Uh, And and remember, this is a place where you don't have to be narrowed down into a box. You can do multiple things in in different areas. Um, That's what makes it so phenomenal about doing business here. So, yes, that African bride game is like, you know, part of life in this part of the world. But it shouldn't stop you from your goals, your ambitions, uh, your desire to move back to Africa. This is our time, y'all. This is our opportunity as black people, as descendants of Africans. Uh, It is our time to come back to Africa, to to just make our ancestors so proud that someone from their lineage made it back. And not only did you make it back, but you came back with skills and knowledge and the finances to be able to start something amazing right here on the continent and be able to employ, uplift, and help whole communities. Because you can do that. If I can do it, I know full well you can do it. And quite frankly, I believe every last one of you listening to me can do these things so much better than I can. And I want to see you guys grow and blossom. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Cut Your Pearls. This is episode two, that African Bride Game. I hope you guys join me for episode three, which will drop next Friday.